I know we've all heard someone say, say it before, the lake or the fish house or the field, if you're out hunting or maybe just out there on your land, that's my church. Or I can pray to God just as well outdoors in the peace and quiet as I can in a church. Maybe we've even said something like that ourselves before. Because when a guy's out hunting or fishing or enjoying the sunrise or the beauty of the wildlife, it stirs something, an appreciation for the beauty and the order in the world. It's as if all of nature points us to something we deep down long for. Nature shows us reflections of what is true and good, so we're understandably drawn towards it. But, and here's the key, we shouldn't stop there and only marvel at creation because all of creation is urging us on to seek its creator. The Magi from the East, the so-called wise men, were Gentiles, meaning they weren't Jewish. They didn't have the Jewish scriptures to guide them in their search for the truth. Instead, they were students of the stars, of nature, and perhaps of some wisdom from other religions. And using just these things, and by looking at the beautiful night sky, they figured out that they ought to head west to Jerusalem. Likewise, when we observe things in nature, like new life on a farm or the growing of crops, we marvel at it. It's incredible how elegant and organized it all is, how everything works together, how it all seems to somehow have purpose and meaning. We don't need the church to experience that. But that's only going to get us so far. Nature led the Magi as far as Jerusalem. Nature might lead us as far as, for example, admitting there must be a God. But nature will not bring us to meet him. On the Magi, or once the Magi had reached as far as their own minds could lead them to Jerusalem, they had to ask for directions. Only when they were able to consult the Jewish priests and scribes about the matter did they get the answer. They had to go to Bethlehem. The priests and scribes knew to send the Magi to Bethlehem because they were experts in God's revealed word in the scripture. Because 700 or so years before, the prophet Micah wrote that Bethlehem's greatness would one day far outweigh its small size because of another great king who would come from there, a descendant of King David, whose hometown is Bethlehem, who would lead Israel forever. So the Magi, having gotten their directions, headed to Jerusalem. And there, they found Jesus. And they knew he was the one they'd been seeking. So they bowed down in adoration, and they offered him their gifts. As I said, today we're celebrating the Feast of Epiphany, which is a word that means a manifestation or a revelation. And it's a fact that God revealed or manifested himself through a chosen people, the Jews. And it's true that God loves everyone, but he especially cares for the Jewish people, 
He spoke to them through Moses, through the prophets, and so on. He made covenants with them again and again. He protected them from their enemies. Every nation was not so fortunate, at least not at first, because the Jews were not blessed just for their own sake. Rather, as Isaiah said of the Jews in our first reading, Nations shall walk by your light. They all gather and come to you. The whole world, as was promised to Abraham years before, would be blessed through the Jewish people. Nature led the Magi to the Jews, who had been the ones blessed to receive God's revelation. But even the Jewish faith wasn't enough. It pointed beyond itself to something more. That's why St. Paul could say, as he did in our second reading, that he had been entrusted with a revelation that the Gentiles, which means all the non-Jewish people, like probably all of us, are co-heirs, members of the same body. That salvation had come from the Jews and through the Jews, but that it was now offered through Jesus to everyone, including us, Norwegians, Germans, Native Americans, Mexicans, Filipinos, there's so many of us, from all the nationalities from which we come. So looking at history then, we can see that at least the outline of God's plan for humanity is there. Everything, the beauty of the world, the intelligence that we've been given, all of it leads us towards God. But not God on our own terms. No. To God as revealed to us first and partially in the Jewish faith, and then fully in Jesus Christ, and as presented to us even today in the church that he himself established. You know, the Magi, they could have just stayed in the East, admiring how beautiful the stars were, how orderly their movements were across the skies. They could have wondered about the awesome creator of those stars, but they did more than that. They let the beauty of nature inspire them to pack up and travel to Jerusalem. And there they encountered something beyond what mankind could figure out on their own. That God, the creator of the universe, had become one of us, in the flesh. Likewise, you and I might be inspired by the beauty and order of the world to seek out God, and we should. But we must not stop at our own ideas about God. We must come to where he is now in his church. It's here in the church that we learn that God is not an abstract force, but three persons in one God. That he's not uninterested in us, but that he loves us as a father. And that his love for us is so deep that he became one of us, a brother in Jesus Christ. And that he remains with us even now. We can get hints of God's presence and action, yes, by looking at the beauty of nature. But let's go beyond that and come to seek Jesus where he is, here in the church especially in the Most Holy Eucharist, which we are about to receive.